What do you say? Let's go fishing. What a wonderful way to spend the day just a fishing. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio and... We have some very special people that are joining in uh, today with us, not in studio, but because they're all over the world. One of them is in La Paz. The other one's on the East Coast. And we're in California. It's truly amazing what you can do these days. But we have John Marriott. And John, um, you're with Soft Science Shoes. I'm not sure exactly what your title is, but I know you're important or Kevin wouldn't be putting you on. Well, uh, uh, thanks, and uh, great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I kind of span two roles. I've been uh, in the chief financial officer role for the last year or so, but I've also been the chief marketing officer, and uh, I'm essentially kind of jumping back into the marketing role right now. Bob, we got the right guy. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then we also have the Grizz. He's joining us from, um, he's taken a few days off and spending some time at home with his family for the holidays. He's been out traveling for the last couple of months, and uh, he's in La Paz, Baja California Sur, the city of peace, capital of Baja California Sur, and he, where he's got a, a home and a studio and um, production facilities. And I don't know how many t- uh, television shows he does. It's probably, by now, it's what, 10 or 12? No, John, I wish I could tell you I had 10 or 12. Actually, we're producing eight right now. Mm-hmm. And they're they're on different channels all over the world. Uh, we're actually in uh, over 500 different channels, and we're in uh, 47 different countries. And that's what you've been doing, going out and making shows the last couple of weeks. That's why you've got to come home and recharge your batteries and visit with your family. Well, i got to let my wife and my dogs know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, John, uh, you're associated with a company that you know is quickly becoming my my one of my favorite companies. You guys are great people. You got a great product. Tell us a little bit about what it is. Well, Soft Science Shoes. Uh, you know, I've been working now with the company for about two years or so, and uh, you know, I kind of knew. When I met uh, one of the founders of the company, and he gave me a pair of Drift, mm-hmm. uh, one of our first uh, models, and I put them on my feet. Um, you know, I'm a guy with with back problems. I was in the army for a number of years, and uh, kind of paid the price for it. And uh, I, I put them on my feet, and I walked around, and you know, immediately felt the relief in my lower back, uh, where I've had problems for years, and in my hips. And, you know, it, it became very clear to me immediately what what the shoe was all about. And that's being just supremely comfortable. And, you know, being able to put them on your feet and get extra hours out of your day, whether it's, you know, out hunting or if it's out on the water fishing uh, or taking a pounding on the boat, you know, when you're heading out to the fishing grounds. Um, you know, the, the, the soles on these shoes just really absorb the impact and uh, makes it comfortable, makes it so much more enjoyable, and and really can extend your day so that you know you're still happy when it's five or six o'clock in the afternoon as it was when mm-hmm. you know when you left the dock at five in the morning. Well, when I was in uh, Mexico last month, I I, I don't know what you call them. It's uh, they're slip-on uh, with a, kind of a nylon mesh 
top. Uh, but you just you know, get up in the morning and slide them on. And uh, I'm basically I'm a lazy person. <laughs> I've got I've got the lace up ones, but I like these better because they're so easy and they they work almost the same. Well, yeah, you know I've got uh, a couple pair of those. That's our drift model. Um, and you know I keep one pair near the near the door to slip on. Like you said, you know you're lazy. You know, it's time to take out the dogs or go out and get the mail or whatever. I, I, I grab the pair that's near the door and I slip them on. And then when I come back inside, I grab the second pair, which are my in-the-house shoes, because, quite frankly, it's it's a lot easier on, on my back and my hips to walk around the house with the pair on than to run around barefoot. Yeah. Well, the uh, Grizz is going to tell us his story real quick, but when I was, when I was down in Mexico for a week, I wore them every day, and I wore them almost every day before I left. So while I was down there, um, I did have to uh, throw them in a washing machine <laughs> and uh, and defunk them. <laughs> but uh, but no, they you know they you just pull the insert out, which is the probably about eighty percent of the whole thing. That really thick in, uh, uh, inner layer that you have. And then uh, Grizz, Grizz was saying that he just got back from Mexico. And which which shoes do you have, Grizz? I got all of them. Okay. Well, I don't uh, think you have all Kevin of them. Kevin was yeah. uh, nice enough to send them to an outfitter over in Texas. And they actually brought me four boxes of them to try uh, for my son, my wife, and I. And uh, I'm very, very happy with them. Uh, I hunt dove with them. I go in a boat with them. I, I don't know what they're called. I mean, you know, I, I have a brown pair that's my favorite that ha- are lace, but I don't untie them or tie them. I just uh, lace them up to where they're comfortable and put some, uh, what do they call it, uh, glue, that uh, crazy glue, so it doesn't untie. <laughs> Because I'll tell the you, laces? you're walking around you, in, you glue the laces? in the wow. woods and or out in the field shooting doves and stuff, you know they untie. So uh, I'll be I darned. learned if you take some crazy glue and just tie <laughs> it together so you can slip them off and slip them on, and they still look great like you yeah. tied your shoes in the morning. <laughs> well, John, I'll bet that's one you hadn't heard yet. I haven't heard that particular application, but I'm taking notes furious. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, the thing about it is I just slip them on and head out. And, my golly, I mean, it's it's like you guys say. I don't like to do commercials, and I don't do commercials, basically. But what I do is tell the true story of what I like and what I don't like. And I can stand out in a field and shoot doves. And when I'm talking about shooting doves, we'll talk about that here a little bit later, but I'll shoot a thousand rounds and, you know, standing in plowed fields and on the sides of fence rows and stuff like that, it gets pretty hectic and gets tired of your feet, your ankles especially, get to hurting you, you know, because you're all the time going from one direction to another as the flocks move. And I found that, uh, well, they beat all boots I've used and I... Guys, I hate to tell you this, but they're a hell of a lot better than Browning. And Browning boots were one of my favorites for years. Yeah. So, well, and uh, you're coming out with uh, with some uh, other high top shoes, aren't you, uh, John? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a waiting uh, 
fly fishing group called the Parafin, uh, which basically takes um, uh, you know the, the, the same sole and the same insole, the same comfort, mm-hmm. um, and and adds uh, you know uh, protection that goes up above the ankle. Yeah. Um, so that'll be coming out in the next month or so, and then we have the Fin Boot. Uh, which again, you know, it's it's it, we're we're building off the success yeah. of the same uh, sole, uh, but it gives you um, a, a, a pull-on boot with a zipper on it mm-hmm. uh, that you can pull on right. and pull off, uh, and gives you that extra prote- well, John, protection up o- over your ankle. John, I can't believe it's going that fast, but we've got less than a minute left, so uh, we wanted to talk to you about fishing on the East Coast where you're from, but we didn't get into that, and I uh, know we we do need to get you down to fish with. Uh, uh, the Grizz out of La Paz and try out some of this stuff. And by the way, you're talking about uh, the soles. They're almost completely slip-proof. I mean, you can walk around on the deck and it's they're very, very safe. But we got to get going. So let's uh, find out real quick how to get in touch with, uh, see if there's still a chance you can get somebody for Christmas because it's only, only got a few days left. But uh, what's the website? Yeah, it's uh, softscience.com. And uh, we can still get fins and fin twos, the second-gen shoes that just came out. Uh, you get your order in by midnight Monday night, and you'll have them by Friday. Well, that's the, the only problem is it's already past that. But anyway, just get the just go to the website and see if you can still get them uh, in, and you've got some great deals. I know a friend of mine just did his Christmas shopping online uh, a week ago. He bought five pair after he had one pair. But uh, anyway, so we'll try and help you out with that. But don't worry if they don't get there for Christmas as long as you get them. All right, John, we appreciate very much. We'll see if we can get you on again. Grizz, you stay tuned. We're going to be right back with you. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. For your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Shasta Trinity Recreation Area is breathtakingly beautiful with all amenities, offering the best camping in California. California's largest reservoir, Diamond Valley, is just 90 miles from Los Angeles or San Diego, designed for an incredible fishery. At Silver Falls Lodge in Oregon, no need to rough it. Stunning beauty and first-class accommodations. Whatever your desire, CalParksCO.com has it. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. 
EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And uh, a great segment. God, 10 minutes goes by so fast. We had so much we wanted to talk to John about and some of his fishing experiences, especially in the Northeast. But we'll have to bring him back on and try it again. And, uh, John, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still hanging in. Talking okay. fishing on a Friday is not a bad way to <laughs> Okay. Speak. Well, we'll just have to commit, and next time we'll... And maybe one of these days, um, the next couple of months, we can talk to you about your experiences fishing in Baja with the Grizz. Now, that would be something uh, to get set up. I'd uh, I'd really look forward to that. Okay. Now, Grizz, you just got... We are just talking about you've been on the road for about since August. Yeah, exactly, John. I've been traveling. I've only been home from the 1st of August until now, six days. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 did, did the dogs recognize you? Yeah, thank God. Panga recognized me, Lorenzo, but the most important is my wife opened the door. Yeah, she's still there, huh? Yeah, and I didn't see any strange clothes laying around or anything. Or <laughs> but yeah, John, I've just been traveling, uh, filming. We've made a, a new series out uh, called Tour in Mexico. About I'm sorry, uh, t- what's again? Is it Tour Mexico? Is that what you said? Touring Mexico is a new series we came out with about rappelling and, you know, jumping off cliffs, jumping off bridges. We've jumped off bridges, rappelled off our bridges, we bungeed off the bridges, uh, we kayaked in the mountains way in the north. But that's not really what I want to talk to you about. That's That's a new series that's coming out. It'll be coming out next month. But I found a secret. For two and a half years, possibly three years, a man by the name Alfonso Cota has been trying to get a hold of me and convince me to go hunting and fishing with him in the state of Nagarit. Now, Nagarit is a state that is about two hours south of Mazatlan. And, John, I have never, never... In my entire life, and most of you people that know me, listen to my shows, watch me on television, know I have been all over the world hunting and fishing. I have never seen so many white-winged doves in my entire life. 
in one morning, Charles and I, and this is legal, we shot 427 white-winged doves. In one morning. In one morning. Now, that's cases and cases and cases of shells. Oh, gosh, your shoulders, yeah. Oh, my shoulder still hurts. Yeah. Charles was shooting a 20 over and under, and I was shooting a Browning 12 over and under. Mm -hmm. Now, the pigeons, or excuse me, the doves are so bad that the farmers almost pay you to hunt there because they're destroying their crops. They just come in, I mean, like clouds. We made a lot of television shows about it. People be able to watch it on Roku just to see how incredible this is. So we did, uh, we moved around from field to field. We'd hunt one field in the mornings and then come in, have a good lunch, and then we'd head out and uh, hunt another field in the afternoon till dark. And, I mean, you would kill 200. I mean, if you can hit them, you'd kill 200 in the morning and another 200 in the afternoon. And, I mean, and you're talking and cutting up and just having a good time. And that's not blasting, sky blasting. That's not shooting into flocks. That's picking a bird and taking it down like you should when you hunt. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have people there. Uh, they have a uh, Chinese restaurant there. You take it into them, and they make sweet and sour. They make ginger. They make all the Orient-style Orient uh, cooking for your doves. So you just have a feast and invite have the whole town. We had a lot of people there eating with us. Mm -hmm. But this is absolutely phenomenal. Then after that, we went duck hunting. Now, the duck hunting there is not as good but it doesn't get any better. I mean, I can't say you could shoot 400 ducks. <laughs> you could probably shoot 200. <laughs> and they're widgeon, gadwall, pintail, black mallard. Uh, you know, they're your main ducks. That you And teal, of course. You have all three teal, blue wing, cinnamon, and green wing teal. But just literally thousands of them. They come into the decoys. And you don't know which one to shoot. I mean, they just come in by a hundred or hit your decoys. It's absolutely incredible. Then we wanted to take off from hunting because our arms are tired, so we went out into the estuaries and fished snook. And if you guys want to see some pictures, go to the, my Facebook, Mike Ritz, and look at the friends we met in the estuary. We got up against a 15-foot yellow croc sunning himself. I mean, here we are. I got pictures of him. He was only like 20 feet away. And he decided to come in the water. Made me very nervous. So we decided not to fish there anymore. But it's absolutely a paradise. And it is so inexpensive. Three days hunts, which is uh, a three is six uh, hunting, actually hunting experiences with your food and everything except your shells and tips, food, lodging, and everything, for $1,399. And that includes cleaning your birds, packing your birds, everything you want. And it's nothing 
for the service they have there. I mean, I am so surprised. I didn't know anything like that existed. It's that good, John. You got to go. Uh, okay, I'm sold. Hey, a couple of quick questions, Grizz. When yeah. when you get a cloud of birds like that, um, you know, a lot of times you'd be tempted just to shoot into them. But if you want to, uh, if you want to take them down, you have to pick one. And it, right. could, it could be you might get more than one if you're lucky. But uh, uh, normally, when we shot, you know, you pick out the bird, the lowest bird. Mm-hmm. And if like Charles is on the right and I'm on the left, I pick the lower bird. And uh, on the left side, Charles would pick on the right side. But even when you shoot, three or four will fall, and you're only <laughs> following one bird. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, you have uh, bird boys that go out and pick them up for you? Right. You got bird boys. You got bird boys that sit right beside you, and they tell you what direction because you can't see. They, they pick out the low one. And they'll go, to the left, to the left, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, you know, there might be 150 coming, but you turn to the one he says because it'll be a lower and easier bird for you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you go absolutely crazy. Yeah. And then the ducks, you just call them in, and they just they go out. What you do is you go get in a blind on an island, and it's beautiful, beautiful, the blind. It's it's all natural. It's an island under a tree, and uh, they let you out, and then they take the boats and go driving all around, scaring them. So you start calling them, and they fly right into your decoys. Hey, John, are you still there? I'm still here. Well, I'm just curious, uh, What? where do you live in? Was it Connecticut? Yes, I'm in Connecticut. Uh, do you? I, I don't know anything about Connecticut. Do you have any of this type of hunting there? No, I'm listening to this and thinking I'm living in the wrong place. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful well, place. I'll tell you what, John. You come down here and you're hunting in your shirt sleeves. In the winter, uh, in the mean, winter it time, it was uh, yeah. probably cold in the morning. Really cold, uh, sixty-two, and then in the afternoon it was eighty-two. So well, you've I got your eyes shut, full of, uh, if you like Cokes and stuff like that, we don't drink uh, that, we drink water. And uh, sitting there, and it's just beautiful. you got crocodiles swimming by. You've got all different exotic birds. Go to my Facebook, and you can see I took some pictures of stork, of uh, spatular bill, pink spatula, uh, spatulas, and stuff that just, Absolutely incredible. Well, and again, John, that's why he enjoys your shoes, because you use it for all of that, and then even when you're fly fishing. Well, the thing about the shoes is, why I like them so well, is, you know, when you're in a duck blind and stuff like that, you get mud on them, and then you just walk out into the water, you know, when you get into the boat to get back in to get taken to shore, and you just hold your boot off. Yeah. the uh, the boat and wash them off. Yeah. Well, you know, the other and thing... And they dry really the, fast. The other thing that I notice is that when it's cold, they keep your feet warm, and when it's hot, they keep your feet cool. I don't know how you do that. Well, but, first of all, I don't know what cold is, yeah. <laughs> but I don't have any problem with it being hot. Yeah. And I don't wear them with socks. Yeah, of course not. No, I hate socks. Yeah. Well, if you wear socks, it means more laundry. 
Well, it means I had to bend over yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> and you were talking about you being lazy. Yeah. But anyway, guys, if you really want to do some bird shooting, wing shooting, and snook fishing, this place is just incredible. Okay. Well, uh, Grizz, uh, we're just about out of time on this one also. But, uh, John, we really appreciate you uh, you hanging in through that and putting up with all this. So maybe we've given you some ideas and maybe even given you some ideas on some new products. But Yeah, uh, I know- absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm just really glad to hear that you guys are, you know, finding our products useful out there and that they're, you know, making making your time out there enjoyable. Okay. And uh, we'll get you down to, definitely down to Baja and maybe into mainland Mexico so that you can find out what it's really all about. Yeah, I look forward to it. There you go. Okay, we appreciate that. And Grizz, uh, go to ASOB Productions online or visit Grizz with uh, uh, his Facebook, Mike Ritz. And then, of course, John, at soft, softscience.com, right? That's correct. Okay, thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate right, that. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back. So we appreciate both of you guys. Hang in there, Grizz. For your outdoor adventure in the West, CalParksCO.com is required. CalParks has 24 prime locations for camping, fishing, or boating. Lake Comanche has 54 miles of shoreline and three marinas west of San Francisco, known locally as Monster Lake because of the big fish in abundance. Lake Hemet is surrounded by the majestic beauty of tall pines and giant oaks in the mountains of Southern California, a majestic vacation spot. CalParks Company is your prime location for outdoor adventures in the West. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Wormer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. I said, bet you're going fishing all the time. Baby, going fishing too. Bet your life, your sweet wife, going to catch more fish than you. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And we've got a very interesting uh, segment coming up right now. Uh, we've still got Grizz on the line, and he may still have some questions. And fascinating stuff, Grizz. That story is about... Pfft, Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. If anybody wants to join in on that, I'm sure you can help them out. But uh, right now, we have uh, Paramo. You know, your your name is a bit unusual, so if you wouldn't mind, uh, Paramo, is it uh, 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 Hoit? Yeah, Rohit. Paramo Rohit. I'm sorry, say again? Paramo Rohit. Okay. All right. Well, the... The reason we're on the line is that there was an article I saw in the log or fish wrap about aquatic farming, and Mm -hmm. it was a very interesting article, and it had very much of a conservation twist to it, which is something we're always interested in. So what we'd like to do is maybe talk a little bit about the concept um, and and let people understand what it's all about Mm -hmm. because, you know, uh, farm fish is not known uh, to be the healthiest fish that you can buy. Everybody wants the wild caught. So uh, maybe you could first start off with um, how it's done and what is it and what species and some of the things that you can let our audience know about. Sure, and first of all, thank you for having me on board. Um, so basically, uh, you know, fish farming is something that's being explored down in the Port of San Diego. I know the Port of LA is looking into it. Um, you already see a lot of fish farms down off the Baja coast. Uh, you, you'll see a lot of farm tilapia, farm salmon, uh, and it's basically, you know, you, 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 you foster these, these uh, fish species in a farm off the coast uh, for the point of addressing uh, the seafood demand. Um, for example, in the United States, we import most of our seafood, and there's a statistic that apparently 50% of our imported seafood is actually made in aquaculture farms out, in, out of Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So the concept is if we bring it home and make it domestic, we'll be able to cut down on seafood costs and provide for increasing demand for seafood. Well, the, uh, other, the other thing you hear about, you know, the, the, the farm seafood that you get out of, you know, Southeast uh, Asia and... Uh, uh, is it you know they're you know Thailand and in uh, uh, maybe Vietnam and in some of those areas, right. and you know we don't really know what methods they use, how they do it, and how healthy it is. Yeah, I, I think it's two things. It's that that's the first step is it's unclear on how they they they, they farm their fish, and also you got to remember it's crossing the Pacific Ocean, so we don't even know the storage standards and if you know if things have been spoiled along the way. So it's really a two two part process of how, how what are the what are the processes to, to to grow the fish and how they're being maintained and stored when they when they, when they're shipped here to the United States. Um, you know, it's, it's days by the time they get here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that also poses health health concerns that you have you know fish exposed for a while. What's what's their practices to bring them here? Uh, so really, those are the two issues. And you know, if you build a fish farm off the coast of San Diego, 
well, you know, it's a lot closer. To your, your transportation costs are lower, uh, and you have a lower risk of them going bad to, to wherever they got to be delivered to. Uh, so that's kind of the, uh, the logic, at least. Mm-hmm. you know, increase the domestic reduction of fish farms. Well, a year or so ago, we had someone on that uh, raises, well, this particular one, I, I know in that part of the world, um, you know, there's different countries that do it, but this one was actually in Scotland, mm-hmm. and it was king salmon, and what they basically what they do is they kind of put a net across the river, right. and this glacier clear cold water would mm-hmm. flow at seven miles an hour. And the salmon would feed naturally, mm-hmm. grow naturally, but, you know, because they were netted in, uh, they would have, you know, they were able to pull them out. But the uh, the water was pristine. Matter of fact, the, um, the, the water that came through... Yeah, uh, was uh, you know not only was it you know was it safe, I mean it was it was uh, something you'd want to drink, right? Um, and but then you get I have a mental image of pens out of the in the Atlantic with mm-hmm. uh, farm grown Atlantic salmon where they got all these thousands of salmon crammed into this pen, pooping on each other and contaminating each other and, you know, fed. And so they have to give them antibiotics, uh, you know, to to keep them alive. And so that's two completely different things. So if you could kind of... Well, what we've got down here, John, with the corrals the of the tuna. Uh-huh. They're all caged in, and what they're doing is they eat one corral, eats a ton of sardines a day, so they go and they catch all of our sardines and feed them to the the, tuna. the uh, caged fish, mm-hmm. which is causing a problem for the natural fishing. So I'm not really convinced all of this is such a good idea. And, and that's actually been one of the biggest concerns about, about about these proposals that are coming out is what are the best magic practices to, to, to implement to make sure that, you know, these tents aren't overstocked, that they're not being fed antibiotics, because that is a major concern. Um, and to be honest, I don't think a single government agency or, or private group has been able to come up with an answer to exactly how to address um, the management of, of these farms, because um, you do have... Right now, farms that are like you know, like these tuna farms that are overstocked, uh, so they're, they're they're not exactly you know properly fed or or treated, um, and that's just a matter of development. I think we have to start with you know making best management practices and also working with the different groups. I think part of it is a lot of also there are, there are groups who are not properly informed um, of how to um, and, you know implement certain practices to make sure that. You know they're 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 doing the best practice possible. Uh, well, uh, John, I I believe, and I I have no you know actually direct knowledge of it, uh, but the consumption of fish in the United States seems to be going up because it's a healthy product, and you know a lot of people are eating less red meat and more fish. So it has to come from somewhere. Right. And, and, you know, I, I still think hook and line um, works, and it doesn't deplete no matter, you know, how many boats you go out there. If you're catching with the hook and line, you're not depleting the species. Exactly. Well, you know, John, the other thing is, like I said, I'm against this uh, and fighting with the government, as you know I do. Uh, I can take you out here an hour from my house in Baja, California, and you can see all these corrals. And all they are, it's the same thing as going into a feedlot. Mm-hmm. They're all, it's dirty all around the corrals. 
there's all kind of other fish around the corrals, and they go in there and they just dump uh, sardines, Monterey sardines in, just dump them, and they're fighting. I mean, it's it's horrible. There's an odor, and I mean, come on, guys, we're dumping all of this waste, concentrated waste, into the ocean. And like I'm saying, it's not 45 minutes I could take you to them. Okay. Well, John, let's, uh, you know, we're not trying to, you know, to, to badger you, but we want to know what's being done differently and, and how it can be done differently. And that's actually something, I, you know, you know I, I'm curious if there's even a way that, you know, the United States and Mexico to work together. I mean, it's... Uh, create some sort of international agreement where there are ways we can monitor what's going on um, and just establish regulations. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, there are plenty of questions out there. It's still not, it's far from a perfect model. Um, and a lot of the negatives clearly are, are, are worth questioning and bringing up. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's just a matter of how do we get all the interested parties at the table to create a set of regulations that we could properly enforce. Uh, because otherwise, you'll get what we, what we, you know, like that would happen in Baja, where you, you have these pens and these corrals that, you know, they aren't they aren't properly managed, um, and that's what we have to start with creating management techniques. Well, uh, J- John, you mentioned starting you know, some of the pens that are coming in off San Diego and Los Angeles. Um, how are they addressing that, and what are they doing differently? Uh, that is, uh, um, you know, more conservative and safer. In nature. So, in other words, what are they? What are they, Parma? What are they going to do different in the the pens that they're doing as opposed to what some other people are doing? Well, I, 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 I I'm pretty sure some of the some of the I've talked to over this already have mentioned uh, creating like no fish zones immediately around the pens. Um, it's also where they located. Um, there's a difference of where if, whether you put the pen. Uh, closer to the, to, to the surface of the water versus closer to the, to the seafloor, uh, there's a much greater risk of, of harming, you know, the, the water and being um, having other issues when the, the, the farms are closer to the ground, uh, to the seafloor than to the surface. Oh, okay. Um, so they're 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 trying to implement some practices where it's you know properly placed, um, and it's also in an area where there's enough there's enough of a buffer between the pen and the coast. Uh, you know, five, six miles off the coast, mm-hmm. you, you, you allow for other, for wild fish to still exist. Right. Really not still exist, so you're not necessarily intermingling with the two, with the two different traits of fish. Um, so those are some of the initial things that have been discussed. Um, it's, it's mostly focused on placement, and so that way, right. and the further out the shore you get, you can make them larger, mm-hmm. but you don't have overcrowding. Right, um, but well, Paramount. I, the the thing of, that the thing that I like about the I, the concept of fish farming mm-hmm. is that um, you know there's uh, the ability of the ocean uh, to sustain and without overfishing. And mm-hmm. if the commercial fishermen take you know the fish that's going to be ending up on the table, um, you know they there there's a tendency to take more than what's being sustainable. Mm-hmm. And by using the farms, you know, I, I think that's a very um, worthy effort so that we can maintain a sustainable level of, of fish in the ocean. And that's kind of the logic of, of creating like a, a, a no fishing zone immediately surrounding the pens that we could have a situation where you, you have enough space for the fish farming to, to exist, but you also have enough space for, for, for the commercial angler and commercial fishers to go out there and make their catch. 
Um, so you don't you don't have a lot of okay. overfishing happening really in, in, in the immediate area of the pen. Okay, Paramount, we're at a time in this segment. It goes by so fast. Uh, is there a contact? Is that people want to find more about you or about the concept? Sure. I mean, I'm best to reach my email, and I'll have to spell it out. So it's P A R I M A L at the log.com. At the log.com. Uh, sorry, com. First name, okay. P A R I M A L at the log.com, and you've got a okay. lot of information on it. Thank yeah. you. We appreciate you coming on and helping. Thank you for having me on. You betcha. Thanks. Oh.